And we know that when people of all identities and cultures and situations and backgrounds are accepted and valued as their authentic self, it makes for stronger companies and more harmonious communities. Free to Grow in Forestry, a podcast working to move forestry forward. For our 19th episode, we are pleased to be joined by our host, Kelly Cooper, founder and CEO of the Center for Social Intelligence, and our guest, Marie-Evelyn Francois, who is the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at L'Oreal Canada. With over 23 years of experience at L'Oreal, Marie-Evelyn has been an advocate for their diversity, equity, and inclusion movement since the very beginning. She talks to us about what it means to be an inclusive leader, what progress has been made at L'Oreal so far, and how they're working towards creating a culture where everyone can be their authentic self. This session was recorded live on August 14th, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Free to Grow in Forestry podcast. My name is Kelly Cooper, and I'm the president of the Center for Social Intelligence and co-lead of the Free to Grow in Forestry movement. We have seen an unprecedented amount of attention in the last few years on the need for inclusive workplace cultures and growing awareness about the equity measures that allow for all people to feel they can have an equal opportunity to advance with their careers. Awareness is a good start, but then there is taking action and seeing real results, something any business leader wants to have if they are going to invest time and money into it. Today, I am joined by Marie-Evelyn Francois. Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at L'Oreal Canada. L'Oreal is a Fortune 500 company worldwide and has had success with its DEI initiatives. I wanted to speak with her about her DEI journey and to learn what they did to ensure success and also to learn how they overcame any form of resistance to this workplace culture change. As an aside, I'll flag for our listeners that we talk about how to overcome resistance in the online training modules we offer for the Free to Grow in Forestry initiative. And we walk people through the common forms of resistance and ways to overcome it. And of course, this topic is approached and accepted differently depending on the country that it's in, that it's headquartered in, as well as the sector it's in. So I think we're going to benefit from hearing about these different dimensions into this conversation. So hello, Marie Evelyn. Welcome to the podcast show. Hello, Kelly. Thank you so much to have me today. It's uh, really an honor to be able to take these next uh, minutes to discuss with you about a topic that really uh, is a passion for me. Great. Well, how about we start with you introducing yourself and sharing with our listeners what brought you to this position at L'Oreal? So as you said, uh, I'm the Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion uh, Officer at L'Oréal Canada. Uh, I've joined uh, L'Oréal, uh, the L'Oréal Group 24 years ago in Germany uh, as a finance controller. And then I pursued my career in operations in Germany before coming back to Canada to join the L'Oréal Canada operations team. And uh, throughout my career, actually, uh, my uh, purpose has been to ensure that anyone strives to their highest potential no matter what their background is. So uh, in 2020, uh, after the George Floyd murder, I strongly felt that as a Black woman, it was time for me to contribute more directly to making the world more inclusive. And working in a company with strong values as L'Oréal was instrumental. 
So I joined the BIPOC pillar as co-lead and then accepted Chief Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Officer position to lead the DI strategy for L'Oréal Canada, building on L'Oréal Canada's overall mission to be the inspirational leader in beauty by harnessing Canada's so beautiful diversity. That is an amazing, like, I wasn't expecting those answers. <laughs> That's a very... Uh... <laughs> exciting career you've had as a backdrop and such a well-positioned background for you to have to be in the role you're in now. I got oh, yes, the goosebumps it, it, there when you were talking about everything in 2020 that you were doing. That's that's really exciting. Yes, it is. It is so, exciting. So can you share with our listeners about the DEI journey that L'Oreal took and what motivated them to take action? Like, where did it all start? Oh, for over a century, uh, L'Oréal has been dedicated to one sole vocation, which is creating beauty. And uh, L'Oréal in Canada is established since uh, 1958, and uh, Canada is a top 10 subsidiary of the group. We are uh, 1,450 employees managing 39 brands and representing 82 nationalities. We work in four ultra-modern sites in Montreal dedicated to offer a more sustainable beauty, including a plant operating with 100% renewable energy and beehives in two of our sites to preserve our biodiversity. Our mission as a the L'Oréal Group is to be the most inclusive beauty leader and to contribute to a society in which everyone can live safely, peacefully and equally. And we know that when people of all identities and cultures and situations and backgrounds are accepted and valued as their authentic self, it makes for stronger companies and more harmonious communities. So we really believe that diverse teams with different perspectives are more adept to understand the different ideals of beauty and more adept to serve a diverse range of consumers and seize the opportunities they can bring us. Uh, so th that way, DEI will fuel innovation, will fuel inspiration and the ambition that we have to create the beauty that moves the world. Yeah, it makes and total sense for L'Oreal to broaden its scope and not be just focused on one particular client base. Exactly. And the, the, actually, the first engagement was toward gender equity. And this was way back in 1998. For example, L'Oréal has created the L'Oréal UNESCO for Women in Science program. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 2005, the first, well, the first, the Global Diversity and Inclusion Department was created in Paris, uh, shaping the DI framework for all the subsidiaries worldwide. So it's been so, this is why we always say that L'Oréal uh, has pioneered the DI journey uh, in the corporate world. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I think about the various clientele that you have, I, I can only say that recently I really noticed makeup being made more for black women. Is that fair to say? Well, makeup is, yes. Uh, so actually, um, the more we uh, seize and we grasp the diversity of our consumer, the more we ensure that uh, we are listening to the to the needs of our consumer and that we are uh, serving and offering a product array that is, uh, that is really uh, answering their, their, what each person specifically needs. Yeah. So it will answer black consumer, the Asian consumer, the consumer with a disability. Uh, we recently um, 
with our innovation center, created a device that will help people with a disability to uh, to be able to put on their makeup with precision and uh, really wow. uh, ensure that they also can live their ideal of beauty. Uh, so it's really not only uh, it's really all the aspects of diversity that will that we will ensure that we that we meet uh, with our product offer and our cost, co- consumer experience. That is awesome to hear about how you're developing things for disabled people. I never even thought about that. I can see it being such a natural fit for your company or business line to to merge DEI right into it. It's just so clear now that you've spoken to it. So how did you go about implementing your DEI strategy? How did that go? Because there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this that are really at, at the starting blocks and not really sure how to navigate all this. So it would be really great if you can, you know, obviously we don't have all day, but if you could share (laughs) um, some of the the key points that others could take away about how you did it, that could help them. Yes. So, so I will, um, I will make my best to be as uh, simple as possible (laughs) in the way I explain the strategy. Uh, But I think you will understand uh, the main uh, idea behind the strategy. So, it is implemented based on the global DI strategic frame and the L'Oréal Canada strategic frame. So then what it means is that it comes from the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I say then the main strategy because after that, each division, each department or profession will enrich the frame based on their specificities. The, glo- the L'Oréal Global Frame is based on our four DI commitments, which are to first lead the way to more socioeconomic and multicultural diversity, to valorize all ages and generations, to accelerate the inclusion of people with disabilities and to drive gender equity and inclusion of 2S LGBTQ plus people. So when I was talking earlier about all aspects of diversity, so in our product and experience offer, we will ensure to tackle these four uh, DI commitments. And so it's important that you you brainstorm on, on what are your DI commitments as an organization. And then everything will stem from these four DI commitments uh, on these four engagements. And in terms of implementation, we um, we have three axes of implementation. The first one is develop. So develop is is our education roadmap because education is the foundation of any cultural change. The main goal is to recognize our unconscious biases, individual and collective, and continuously break the discrimination chain because uh, it's really the unconscious biases that are the main barrier to inclusion. The second one is engage in order to advance representation and retention across the organization. So once you have uh, representation and retention, so it's not only a matter of having diverse teams, it's a matter of having diverse teams who feel that they belong, uh, so who will will stay, and then will be as diverse as uh, your consumers. So it's very important to advance uh, representation. And representation will stimulate feeling of belonging. Mm-hmm. And then third, impact, so to amplify the voice of underrepresented groups through mentorship programs. So we do it through mentorship program, and I work very closely with my colleague uh, who is in charge of L'Oréal for the Future, which is our sustainability program. So she's uh, the chief sustainability officer, and uh, she will work on all the impact program with uh, generally the same NGOs, but more on 
sustainability uh, aspect. Okay. So these are the three axes of implementation. And then, uh, so maybe a, a key point, because now, you, so this is all like action. So who does it? So from the get-go, it was extremely clear for us that in order for this implementation to be successful and most importantly sustainable, it was very important that each L'Oréal team member becomes an inclusive leader. To that really they own the, the mission. And so we so it was important to have a decentralized approach. So mm -hmm. how do how do you put in place a decentralized approach where the DI team, so like me, for example, I'm a, I'm only a, how do you call that? An orchestra conductor. Okay. So we have on one hand, we have 150 or something, the DI ambassadors who are people who uh, really voluntarily uh, want to give, dedicate uh, some of their time to act actively on the DI mission. So they can be DI leads in the departments, they can be think tank leads, think tanks are our employee resource groups, or they can contribute uh, in a think tank to organize activations or to, to voice uh, the opinion of uh, their colleagues. Mm -hmm. And this accelerates uh, our mission. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, we have our brands. Our brands are also engaged in brand causes. Uh, so we have, uh, for example, uh, Maybelline. Maybelline is um, as a brand cause called Brave Together, uh, supporting people with anxiety and mental health, uh, providing training, providing support. Uh, we have uh, L'Oréal Paris Stand Up training, uh, training on um, how to react in case of street harassment. All the brands have a brand cause that uh, mm. will also amplify the action that we are doing internally and externally. I like that. Uh, and uh, a very important aspect is that we leverage our connectivity, meaning that we work closely with our North America zone, so within our zone, and also with all the other countries in order to not reinvent the wheel mm -hmm. and, uh, and to share the best practices. Uh, so that's that's the way we we implement. And I would go even uh, further uh, than that. Sharing the best practices with other companies is also uh, another way of accelerating the implementation. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, DI is a common topic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, maybe the one part of an organization which is not part of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that's exactly what you're doing here for us today. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. That's super helpful. And I hadn't heard about the brand causes approach. I think that's great. That's something to think about for all these companies that are listening with us today. So do you have a couple of success stories you can share from the measures you've taken? Actually, we have many success stories uh, that uh, fuel us actually to go uh, to continue and to go uh, farther. Um, so maybe the first one is that 52% of our management positions are held by women. Mm -hmm. Our DI policies uh, actually uh, are recognized by many institutions uh, for several years, such as Bloomberg uh, Gender Equality Index, Refinitive DI Index. And uh, in 2021, L'Oréal Canada was the first Canadian organization to earn the Edge Plus certification for intersectional mm. gender equality. Okay. When, what year did you get that? Uh, in 2021. 2021. Okay. Yes. Okay. All our top managers have been trained on inclusive leadership uh, with the goal of ensuring a lived 
experience of inclusion for all employees. Uh, we are we have a, a great partnership with a foundation called Les Petits Rois, um, who supports uh, young adults with intellectual disabilities. So we have uh, eight young adults who come to work uh, here at L'Oréal Canada two days a week, and they just graduated their five years internship at the head office this year. Wow. Um, so th this is uh, really great. So, mm -hmm. so this is a success story too. And of course, we support the L'Oréal Foundation activities uh, like uh, the women, the L'Oréal UNESCO for Women in Science program, uh, the Beauty for a Better Life program, which is a social reintegration program that helps uh, immigrant women uh, since 2017 through hairstyling apprenticeships. So th there are many achievements like that. And personally, I would tell you that uh, for me, the most important achievement is, are the personal stories. It's when uh, the people um, tell us about their sentiment of belonging, uh, when they share how they shifted their mindset for the past years, uh, how they, they share with their families and friends new ways of uh, thinking when they have a, a aha moment and they, they really see the benefits of uh, becoming more inclusive every day. That's excellent. Uh, so, like, so, like, what would they say? Can you give us a little example or um, of where they started and where some they would ended? Say, and why? Some would say, uh, well, you know, from where from where I come from uh, in my family, uh, I realized that we are certainly not inclusive. Thank you so much for everything that you you are teaching us. It's really changed me and I see that my behavior is completely changing and I'm much more open and uh, I'm sharing it with my, uh, my family. Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, all this uh, transparency that, that people have uh, to be able to share that, oh, I realize that I do have stereotypes sometimes, uh, prejudices or biases, and uh, that they are evolving. And, and others who say, I, I did not use to bring myself 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I, I'm, I'm uncovering more and more of myself. And I feel, and, and maybe the, the best was in the spring, there was, uh, you know, we always have some big each division uh, has a big staff meeting you know with uh, hundreds of mm -hmm. people uh, outside of town and uh, this year the di presentation was done by other people hmm. it was done by uh, di ambassadors it was done by uh, employees who gave testimony and this is your success story mm -hmm. it's uh, when uh, really others will uh, come and talk about inclusion and what inclusion brought them and and what and really um, spread the message. It's so good to hear you say all this because you are what I would say the future state of what we want in the forest sector. The forest sector is really at the beginning of this journey in terms of, and what I mean by that is I, I would say there's more traditional leadership practices underway than inclusive leadership practices that are underway. And Free to Grow in Forestry is a movement that we're trying to put a light on that uh, inclusive leadership behavior and the idea that you mentioned about everyone has a role to play in order to make this happen. It's kind of like we're in an transition, I would say, between mm -hmm. that traditional way of being and inclusive leadership way of being. And we're right now, and as we learn together and expose new knowledge, really, and provide new knowledge into uh, the sector, we're able to demonstrate that this is an evolution of of human beings, really, um, yes. and how we operate with each other. And so it's really great to have your case study, essentially, obviously, a lot larger company, but some of the forest sector companies are global. 
So it would apply. And it's just great to, to hear all that that you shared. It's, uh, there's so much there that's, that's helpful. So when you went through this, did you face any resistance within the organization when implementing your, your DEI strategy? And if so, like, what did you do to overcome it? Well, a successful um, DI implementation relies on the um, on the engagement of top management. In our case, there was a clear there is a clear vision coming from our L'Oréal group and our L'Oréal Canada CEO and the L'Oréal Canada Mancom. And uh, in our L'Oréal Canada framework, DI is at the core. So mm -hmm. it's really at uh, the top of each pillar of the L'Oréal Canada framework. Therefore, in each function and each profession, DI is integrated. Mm -hmm. This being said, we are in a journey and it's important to, to acknowledge that we are in a journey and that mm -hmm. the change, it's a, it's a constant uh, cultural change. And uh, change is a process that each individual is going through at their own pace. Because even though we started 20 years ago, we are, as I said, we want to go further. So we are always, we are always continuing to implement uh, that change and to do uh, even more to become more inclusive. So we do not face resistance per se. However, people are asking healthy questions. And the most healthy questions people ask is why? Why? Mm -hmm. What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate their transparency because uh, it, it allows great discussions um, and it shows that we are in a safe space where they feel that they can ask the questions, mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, in Canada, where we often have the impression that everything goes well, there is no discrimination, racism doesn't ex exist. Um, so people sometimes need to understand that, yes, we do need to put systemic policies in place in order to make sure that what we are doing is sustainable. What I will tell you is that uh, everybody is on board, uh, which mm -hmm. does not prevent uh, people to ask very healthy and constructive questions that will even challenge me uh, mm -hmm. in the, the approach uh, as well. Well, it sounds like such a healthy way to get started because a lot of times companies will assign this role or or job, if I can say it that way, the DEI implementation to the HR VP, for example. And they just say, okay, you do it. And one of the things I talk about in my book, Lead the Change, is about the idea that that's actually all of leadership's responsibility to buy into this and make it part of their, their business objectives across the whole organization. And they work as a team. And, uh, and you're describing exactly that. And I think that's, that's the path to success. I think when we have situations like I described, where it's just left to one individual to navigate on their own, and it is such a topic that is politicized and uh, difficult for a lot of people, it, it sets a, that individual up for failure, in my opinion. And, um, and then that's just that much harder to try and do something next time, right? As you know, with any change initiative, once you fail the first time, it's even harder to implement oh, it the yeah. second time, right? So yes. setting that stage at the front end with the leadership to buy into it, to understand the business imperative and work in lockstep with all executives across the leadership team, which then rolls itself down throughout the organization. It sounds like it's been very effective for you. And I, I, I'm excited to hear that because I think that's that's exactly what I talk about all the time. And I've seen yes. that as well with my own clients. So it's just good reinforcement. Yeah, I would say it's effective and it's uh, mandatory, actually. 
to have all leadership and the CEO, the top leadership, really uh, engaged and mandatory. And your people inside, it's also your consumers, it's uh, your whole community. So everyone around the table will have something to do and say about uh, how inclusion is maintained 360 in uh, the way that uh, you provide your uh, service or your products and that you run your business. Yeah. And what I find is that people feel in positions of power currently who don't quite fully understand inclusive leadership yet, I think they feel threatened by that notion because they say they want to make the decisions. And and what I try to say is that it's okay to be informed by different points of view. Clearly, there needs to be somebody who has to make the final decisions, but you can onboard new thinking in that journey to the final decision and uh, make it as comprehensive as possible, right? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, totally. And um, and we have to remain humble. We don't know everything. No, there are things that, how, do, how can I say that? You know, more than yesterday, less than tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, once you accept that to be humble, you know that someone may bring something that you do not know and you will mm-hmm. learn from that person and you may make mistakes and mm-hmm. it's okay. Exactly. No, and, uh, totally agreed. Well, the fourth sector, as you know, is starting to see the value out of diverse perspectives and the benefits of creating an inclusive culture. But I would say it's still at the early stages of taking action, as I've mentioned before here. Um, I just wondered if you had any parting recommendations for our listeners on what to do in their organizations to ensure success. Anything that you haven't touched on yet? The mindset is to be authentic. People don't know what that means. So maybe explain what you mean by Um, that. Because people kind of roll their eyes on that one, I think. So well, to be real, to to be Mm -hmm. to do something that you really believe in. Mm-hmm. You really believe in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, to to be to know that you're also on a learning journey, and uh, but to do only things that you believe in. And if you do not understand, to collaborate with people who uh, who do, and uh, that's why it's important to do it as a team to develop your network to be able to share and to seek best practices from other other companies in, in your uh, domain or not. Because as I said, uh, DEI is, is universal and really um, involve the whole organization. Uh, this is a key uh, to involve the whole organization because once everybody is involved, uh, it's already a, first, a big first step to inclusion. Mm-hmm. Involve means um, not only you are part of this task force committee or think tank, but you are part of it and you can voice your opinions and you, you can, uh, we want you to contribute actively uh, mm-hmm. in order to, for us to be able to, to really uh, pursue our journey. Yeah, I, I've had clients who are almost afraid to seek out everybody's point of view because then they feel they are obligated to address all of the concerns that come forward. What do you say to that? That's a super question. What I say to that is that you can always tell people, we want to hear to hear everything you have to say. And then again, being humble and authentic and upfront, saying that we will not be able to address everything. And then explaining exactly why I'm not able to address it. Once you explain why, the, the, the thing is that if people come to you and tell you about, uh, I will say something, uh, now we want to have wine at the cafeteria, okay, I'm saying something completely, and you just say no, mm-hmm. but you do not explain why. 
Mm-hmm. That's where people are frustrated and feel that we were asked to give our opinion, but then uh, it's not listened. I totally so agree. it's really a matter of, um, or I know people will come to us with uh, bizarre ideas. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's really to say, I'm able to be open and to welcome ideas, and I will explain the process of uh, the decision process to, uh, to my uh, teams. And then I will explain the why, why it's mm-hmm. not feasible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm being transparent and honest uh, will make everybody uh, understand that uh, it's authentic and uh, and they will continue to provide ideas. Mm-hmm. So there, there's really no danger. I, I really feel it, it's less dangerous to seek opinion than to, not. to run alone. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Well, that's been really helpful. I'm I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot from you today and I've enjoyed speaking with you. I think you're doing great stuff and I'm going to keep watching what L'Oreal Canada does. I have been privileged to attend your Women in Science event here in Ottawa uh, a couple of times and um, it is amazing. And my daughter's now in science program at university. So I've been able to take her once. And it's great because it's that role modeling that these girl, young women need, right? To see how they can progress in their careers and just opportunities that perhaps weren't as clearly presented in previous generations, right? So it's great. So thank you very much for all your ideas here today that you shared and your time. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much, Kelly. Uh, You are very welcomed. And uh, it was a great pleasure to to share. And it will be a pleasure for me to share again and help any company uh, needing uh, some uh, tips and tricks and uh, inspiration uh, to be able to go forward with their DI mission. Gender, diversity, and inclusion are crucial to the advancement of a thriving and resilient forest sector. As we continue to grow and change, we all have a role to play in making our sector a place where everyone has the support they need to succeed and thrive. For more information on how you can take action and help make a difference, follow Free to Grow in Forestry on social media or visit us at www.freetogrowinforestry.ca. And if you have a story you think should be heard about an experience you have had or what you would like to see happen in the Canadian forest sector workforce, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at info at free to grow in Together, we can move forestry forward. <music>